0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bantam Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska And I'm Justin Rosario. The Bantam Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Bantam Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Bantam membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community, and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. We will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 30 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. Good morning, guys. How are you?
1: Good morning, Ben. Hi, how's it
0: going? Good 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 I'm 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 almost I'm like 90% covid recovered 10% uh terrifying back spasms um you know nothing nothing Is this, major <laughs> yeah, yeah long this, covid's
1: a real thing man it's, it's a it's real happening.
0: thing Yeah it's, it's, it's a real thing uh, anyway i don't want to i don't want to spend what do we spend like 15 minutes like with a pit i had yeah. a nice pity party last week on uh <laughs> i've actually had like neighbors of mine who who are who mm-hmm. listen to the podcast come up and be like oh i heard like i heard you talking on the podcast about about your covid man i'm really sorry wow. like yeah so anyway i won't throw another covid pity party uh because we have a lot to discuss today we had um The the continued January 6th hearings this week, that was obviously the major news. We had two um, sets of hearings on Monday and on Thursday with lots of big revelations, lots more, Uh, basically more um, evidence that Donald Trump is a a criminal and should be in jail. And lots of people around him knew it. We're going to be talking about... They should also be in jail. (laughs) Yes, they should also be in jail. The... We're also going to be talking about the economic situation that is currently engulfing the, the White House this and, well, and America as well. We've got inflation, which is um, spiking. Uh, there's talk about we might be hit, entering a recession. We're going to be looking at is Biden's role in the economy? Is he responsible for what's happening with the economy? What can he do about it? Uh, like who should take the blame for this? Um, we also then have... Lots of fun examples of Republican hypocrisy. We're going to be talking about Lauren Boebert, Herschel Walker. We have uh, then more Republican hypocrisy in our both sides segment, where we look at, it's actually not even hypocrisy, we're looking at examples of sheer insanity from the Republican Party that you do not see with Democrats, just to highlight the fact that both sides in America are not the same. Uh, then we have a members-only Podcast today, where we're going to be talking about Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and why she isn't, in, she hasn't endorsed Biden for 2024, and why that is a big problem. Um, so, without further ado, uh, the hearings, right? The 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 January 6 hearings this week. So, I have spent much of the week digesting a lot of this, and have um, obviously, you know, th- the evidence now is just incredibly clear now that uh, Donald Trump it, and every, everybody around Trump knew that his elect, that his kind of election fraud uh, claims were false uh, and that his attempts to follow some obscure legal theory that the vice president had the power to overturn the election basically, um, that people around him were warning him not to do that. Even the lawyer who came up with the theory was doubtful that it would that, that it was legit um, but Trump did it anyway uh, and that was responsible for um, you know his continued pressuring of everybody around him to do to, to continue the lie that he that the election had been stolen from him clearly led to the violence up the pressure on on the MAGA mob um, kept feeding them lies that the uh, the election had been stolen we also found out that Mike Pence was 40 feet away the 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 mob that stormed into the Capitol building was uh, was forty feet away from Mike Pence, and you know uh, my guess is that they would have killed him. I'm I'm fairly sure of that. They would have. Oh, yeah. They would have definitely. They would they would have harmed oh, easily. In, yes, exactly. What were the so, guys? What, what what were the for you? What was the kind of main takeaway? I'm curious to hear your take on on um what you thought the major points were. And where this goes?
1: Well, we to- we talking about yesterday. We talking about yesterday's hearing specifically.
0: Yeah, let's talk about yesterday. Let's talk about Thursday's hearing.
1: Yeah, we're talking about. I think uh, consciousness of guilt. I think that's the the main takeaway from all of this. That they all knew. Eastman knew. Donald Trump knew. Mike Pence knew. They all knew that this plot, drafted by John Eastman and executed by Donald Trump. To convince Mike Pence, this pressure campaign, as it's being called, they all knew that was illegal. They all knew what Mike Pence was uh, doing was violating the Electoral Count Act, and uh, so that is clear and unequivocal. And uh, th- obviously, there are other crimes that we're talking about that were, have been presented in the previous two sets of hearings. But as far as crimes in this particular one, you know, we've got essentially a conspiracy to commit this crime. And I think that involves Donald Trump. Honest to God, I'm feeling pretty confident right now. And I know I probably shouldn't. I should probably be far more skeptical about whether or not Donald Trump is going to face legal accountability for all of this. But after these hearings and seeing all of this evidence stacking up and knowing that there's more to come, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Plus the fact that we already know through reporting in the New York Times that there is a grand jury impaneled. In Washington, D.C., that has subpoenaed Peter Navarro uh, for communications with Donald Trump regarding 1 6. So, whatever investigation the DOJ is carrying out involving the actual foot soldiers on the ground, it's now being extended so far into the White House that it's basically hit the Oval Office. You got Peter Navarro, who's a close advisor to Donald Trump. Certainly, he was one of the top three or four advisors in the wake of the 2020 election between that, between a Peter Navarro, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, Lynn Wood, some of these uh, freaks and weirdos, this kitchen cabinet of uh, just monsters, <laughs> you know, advising Donald Trump and Peter Navarro being one of them. So all of this put together, it seems like there's a strong chance of Donald Trump getting caught up in all of this. And we, we learned on Monday that the committee is looking at Save America PAC and this scam to raise, I think, something like $250 million initially uh, through an organization that didn't actually exist. Donald Trump claimed that he established some sort of fund as of the day after the election that didn't actually, there was no you know, there was no uh, pack that was set up to collect this money. And then when they finally set up the Save America pack, all that money that they raised went into that fund. And as we know, that's been distributed to all of Trump's buddies, the people he wants to keep in his inner circle, the people who, who he wants to maintain omerta, this vow of silence to their leader. And so that's uh, that's pretty damn illegal. That's that's fraud there, uh, huge amounts of fraud. The, the great irony of that fraud, though, is that those of us who didn't contribute our life savings to Save America Pack are more outraged than the people who did. So, uh, it's a cult. It's completely a, a genuine with,
0: yeah. cult. That's
1: that um, how bad it is. Oh, yeah, they don't really
2: care. Yeah, it's like they don't really care. It's just like I pay, I gave money to Trump, and that's good enough. It does I don't yeah. care what he does with it. As long as I pay, gave money to my, it's a tithe. Yeah, that's I, what it is. It's a tithe. I think
0: exactly. I, I mean, I look, I, th- I also think um, that the if they this whole thing with Trump and, and Eastman, right? That that they were aware um, beforehand. Um, of the scheme to sort of um, pressure Trump, uh, to, to, to pressure Pence, right? Uh, this this is, I think this is really important. So this could be, if this, if the, you know, the DOJ decides to get involved in this, this whole scheme that they were cooking up, um, you know, if they knew that that was illegal, right? If they knew that this this was, and I think that Eastman did know that it was illegal.
1: I oh, yes, he absolutely he, did. Yeah, he was in oh, fact, yeah, he, absolutely did. He, he was aware. Uh, in fact, this is a point of questioning with Greg Jacob, who is a uh, an advisor, counsel to uh, Mike Pence. Question was, did John Eastman ever admit, as far as you know, in front of the president that his proposal would violate the Electoral Count Act? And Greg Jacobs said, I believe he did on the fourth. So two days prior to the insurrection, John Eastman was aware that this plot that he's outlined that Donald Trump was busily executing. Uh, trying to coerce Mike Pence into uh, participating in all of it, that's all illegal. And if everyone in that inner circle was fully cognizant of that reality and Mm. uh, whether or not that constitutes uh, something illegal on behalf of Trump and uh, some of the people who didn't, some of the non-Eastman people who were involved in the plot, that's a different story. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I, I have no idea what the legal ramifications of that, pushing pence to do something that was illegal i don't know where that falls
0: so look this what the the, so the new york times um talked about this yesterday they said if the prosecutors can prove that that both mr trump and mr eastman were aware in advance that the scheme to pressure mr pence would violate the law it could be an important piece of evidence suggesting intent should the justice department decide to pursue a criminal case against either of them and intent is the, is the key word here mm-hmm. uh, and then the article continues it says both Miss Cheney and a colleague on the committee representative Pete Aguilar Democrat of California mentioned that a federal judge had already ruled in a related civil suit that Mr. Trump and Mr. Eastman most likely conspired together to obstruct the certification of the election and to commit fraud against the United States that yep. is serious mm-hmm. that is very 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 serious and I cannot imagine that You know, look, I don't really have a lot of time for Merrick Garland. I'm not a fan. Um, You know, perhaps he's uh, an extraordinary tactician um, or strategist and he's just waiting for his moment to come and prosecute, you know, to come and investigate this stuff with the full weight of the DOJ. I don't know, but I cannot see how this doesn't, how the DOJ doesn't get involved after this. I just, I can't understand. If, if, If they don't, then what is it for?
1: Plus, yeah, there was a lot of hearts and minds testimony yesterday. I'm talking about Republicans, Trump insiders, uh, sacred cows on the Republican side, on the ultra conservative side of things who were indicting all of this on a theoretical level, on a constitutional level. And that included Judge Michael Ludig who Ted Cruz said back during the 2016 election that he would be at the top of his list for nominees for the Supreme Court. I mean, this guy, Michael Luttig, is a a huge celebrity. I mean, almost as famous as Donald Trump himself in conservative circles at this point. And so he was outlining in, you know, a lot of people were heckling him for being a slow talker. But uh, I think, first of all, he had had a stroke at some point. And then, second of all, what he was saying was so fucking deadly serious that it was appropriate that he was taking his time uh, to emphasize the, the gravity of his observations. And that, were, that was basically America, this is a direct quote, America would have immediately been plunged into a revolution and an unparalleled constitutional crisis. The rule of law was supremely violated on January 6th. Uh, He said the treacherous plan was no less ambitious than to steal America's democracy. That's how like a guy who was in line, a conservative would would have probably joined, uh, probably would have uh, decided with people like uh, Neil Gorsuch and uh, Brett Kavanaugh and in some ways, Sam Alito and uh, Clarence Thomas, which, by the way, we discovered uh, yesterday as well, that John Eastman was somewhat convinced that Alito and Thomas would decide to uh, be the, the sole two Supreme Court justices who may have decided in support of Donald Trump's coup, had it gone that far. Uh, although he did change his mind after some convincing <laughs> that, yeah, it probably would have been a nine to nothing decision, but maybe seven to two, who knows? <laughs> so that says so much about Alito and Thomas as well.
2: Yeah, and the fact that Eastman was uh sent an email, thank God he sent an email because God they're so stupid. Asking mm-hmm. to be put on the pardon list says one, he knew he was guilty of something he that he committed a crime, and two, there's a pardon list, which means yeah. there may be somewhere at physical well not physical, but an email or somewhere's out there a list of people who wanted pardons, which is a Big fucking deal because those are all people who knew they were committing crimes. And, you know, Trump was just dangling that in front of them because if he pardoned all of those people afterwards, then they wouldn't have any incentive to defend him. So they all have to be in it together and hope he gets reelected so they can come of them later.
1: Yeah. But- I think there's evidence. Uh, Glenn Kirshner was talking about this yesterday, I believe on the Stephanie Miller show where he was talking about how, uh, some of the responses that we're seeing from witnesses indicate whether or not they received some sort of secret pardon in Trump's final days. So on one hand, you've got Ivanka Trump, for example, just spilling the beans, talking, talking, talking. Uh, According to Trump, perjuring herself, by the way, that was his immediate reaction to Ivanka Trump's clip from the first night. Yeah. Oh, she didn't really Can you get a secret pardon? Like, is is that
2: even a thing?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can. You you absolutely can. He could have pardoned a bunch of people. He could have just been handing out uh, pardons like Halloween candy uh, throughout the White House. In fact, I would assume that he was. And on the other hand, you have John Eastman, who pled the fifth throughout his testimony. That indicates Eastman obviously didn't get a pardon. He was asking for one. He was denied a pardon. So consequently, when he's questioned by the one six committee, he takes the fifth. Every single question was like 100 times plus that he pled the fifth during his testimony. So that indicates to me that Donald Trump handed out more pardons than we're aware of, but Eastman wasn't on that list, which is important. Eastman, as uh, Eric Hirschman predicted, Eastman's going to prison. He needs some serious legal representation. He probably already has it.
2: Yeah, I'm serious. If if Garland, if the DOJ doesn't go after these people, like whatever, like whatever excuse they give, they might as well just be. They might as well just say we're ending democracy. We're just signing off on the end of democracy because we're giving them permission to do this again.
1: Well, the plot was so obvious. Uh, Clearly, Donald Trump was unable to convince Mike Pence to do what he wanted him to do per the Eastman plan. So consequently, we got to the sixth with Donald Trump telling, "Okay, we're going to all march down to the Capitol building and we're going to fight like hell. It's all connected together. And if the DOJ and Matthew Graves, the D.C. uh, U.S. attorney, don't actually pursue this as one gigantic thing, uh, at least in terms of uh, prosecuting Donald Trump, they're not paying attention. It seems obvious to everyone observing that this wasn't just an isolated incident where a, a, a protest rally got out of hand. This was a an ongoing thing with Plan A, Plan B, Plan C, Plan D, and they ended up down to, well, I guess we can't do it through the courts. We can't do it through, uh, we can't do it through Mike Pence and the electoral count uh, on the sixth. So consequently, we're just going to go with invade and occupy the Capitol, coerce Mike Pence to do it by force. And this was Donald Trump's plan as well as anyone else's plan. And there must be accountability. Look, I get the idea that Merrick Garland is concerned about history. He's concerned about blowback. He's concerned about violence occurring if he indicts Donald Trump for this. But as far as I'm concerned, the consequences are much more severe if he doesn't indict for the future of democracy. Because if he doesn't indict, then that means the next Trump copycat or Trump himself can just do it again. And oh, yeah, we're doing it again because clearly we, the first time around it was not indictable. <laughs> they, they didn't prosecute me the first time. So, yeah, that's precedent. The entire right. if it's American- not a crime,
2: why not try it again?
1: Yeah, I mean, other than federal statute confining the role of the president to an extent and, and the Constitution as well, the American presidency is built on tradition more than anything else. And if you establish that precedent, then subsequent presidents whether from either party, for God's sake. I mean, Kamala Harris could do what uh, Donald Trump wanted Mike Pence to do. She could very easily do that for the 2024 election if the precedent is established. Republicans don't understand that. Republicans think transactionally in the age of Trump. They think in terms of the short term, just getting over whatever this current thing is. They're not thinking... Like they always have been for the last fifty years, with a long-term strategy, they're thinking much more short-term. It's a, it, writ large with the abortion debate; they don't know what to do with that now. But regardless, this is—I uh, know it's a Sophie's choice for Merrick Garland, Department of Justice—but this is a choice that they they have to make. They have to uh, pers- continue to pursue this beyond just the foot soldiers. Otherwise, the precedent established is going to be horrifying.
0: What did you What did you guys make of um, William Barr's testimony on, on Monday? I thought that was kind of that was
1: fascinating.
2: Yeah. Changed
0: his tune, right? <clears throat> he's a <laughs> he's not, yeah. He's I, a, I think
1: that- he's
2: trying to salvage his legacy after yeah. being, uh, you know, Trump's Trump's lawyer instead of the country's lawyer. He's trying to salvage, like, oh no, I'm actually still one of the good guys. It's, he still should be going to jail.
1: Yeah, he yeah, should absolutely, I-
2: be going to jail.
1: At long last, that passive-aggressive Bill Barr tone of voice works to our favor, doesn't it? (laughs) I'm so glad, because up until last Thursday night, it was just every time I'd hear Bill Barr talk, I'd want (laughs) to, I'd want to punch his voice, as Chaz used to say. (laughs) <laughs> but now it's like wow great and he's turning that awful passive aggressive voice where he can say the most horrible things but they sound reasonable to people who aren't really paying attention well that's working to our favor now thank you
0: because i mean look yeah uh, no, i know i i agree his his he has some I don't know if he has gravitas, but he, yeah, you're right, Bob. He has a, the way he speaks; kind of, it adds a kind of an authority or a seriousness to bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he seems to be telling the truth. It kind of, yeah, I guess it, it kind of works in 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 the in our favor. But, um, you know, Barr was saying, this is a quote, right? He that he said uh, he believed the president had become detached from reality if he really believes this stuff. On the other hand, when I went into this and I would tell him how crazy some of these allegations were, there was never an indication of, any, of interest in what the actual facts were. This was a quote, right? This was a quote from his testimony that was played on Monday. Uh, Barr described himself as being demoralized. Um, like, this is, you know... This is kind of wild stuff that that because after the after the uh, after the Trump lost, Bill Barr was going on about how Trump was like the greatest president ever and unprecedented achievements and um, that you know he was going to uh, the DOJ was going to continue pursuing um, the voter fraud claims and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But now he yeah now he's I think he's realised like when this has got really serious. Uh, that, he, that he has to tell the truth, that he has to sort of like – they're all like rats jumping off a ship, yeah. rats f- fleeing a sinking ship because they know what's about to happen.
1: No, well, He's you another know. one who obviously didn't get a pardon. And you know what drives me nuts mm. too about Bill Barr is it took him that long to discover how fucked in the head Donald Trump is. Uh, no, you know, I uh, think
0: he uh, didn't. I think he knew. I think he knew, but I think he's, he's, he's power-hungry, greedy, and completely immoral. So mm-hmm. I think they all knew how fucking mental this guy was um, and pretended otherwise. But because they, you know, they were enamored with him and they thought that, you know, they would have this, this was their ticket to the big time. You know, they were going to get power. They were going to get money. Um, and they didn't care one bit about democracy or the rule of law. That, that, that's my take. So I don't think I've got to disagree with you there, Bob. I think they, they knew early on.
1: Yeah, oh, that's uh, maybe true, uh, but at that point, he, he, he didn't say anything. At least what we know on the public record, he hadn't really uh, expressed that uh, observation up until after it was too late, and he was on his way out. Right, ditto
0: for almost everybody in the Trump administration. They all, you know, it, what I found amazing was when they all got, you know, they all started resigning, uh, like after January sixth, and it's like it took. It took this, it took that for you to finally go? Like, what about all the other insanity?
2: Well, they you assumed know? at that point that Trump was either going to be impeached or just straight up arrested. So they were just like, oh, I, I I, was never on board. I was never on board with Trump. I don't even know what's going on here. It's It was so cynical. It was so incredibly yeah. cynical. It's like you knew exactly who he was the entire time. You were using him to get what you wanted and you were just going along with it because, you know, whatever, it benefited you. But now it's like, oh, nope, time to move along. I can mm. kind of distance myself, you know, holding him at arm's length to say, nope, this isn't my dirty laundry. But they all have the stench on, him, on them, and all of them should go to jail for it. They're well, all well, aided and abetted.
0: Okay, so, so do you think that the, the chances of Trump being held accountable been, are, are growing? Like, how close are we? Is this realistic? You know, p- putting on your completely sit, your, you know, realpolitik, completely cynical uh, hats on. Like, what does this mean? Does, is this. I, kind I think
2: of- it's going to be really, really hard for Merrick Garland to justify not uh, making a case against him, whether or not he actually gets. Um, I mean, I don't know if they'll arrest him, arrest him. Like, I don't see him getting put in handcuffs, right? I mean, they don't generally tend to do that with rich and famous people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. You know, they they turn themselves in. But
1: the irony is he would make bail using Save America PAC money.
2: But he would have to turn in his passport. And even then, I don't know. But um, they, I could see him wearing an ankle bracelet because the idea the, 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 the his ability to leave the country is, you know, he could get out of the country very, very easily. So mm-hmm. but um, I, I don't know if he would be um, it, like if a jury would find him guilty, but I, I could definitely see him going to trial because I mean, this is just beyond, you know, it, it, like if this isn't worth a trial. If this doesn't earn a trial, then there's there, there's no point to it, right? Yeah. If this isn't a crime, then the word has no meaning. Whether mm-hmm. or not he would be acquitted or found guilty, that's a completely different story. And I'm sure Fox News would be running propaganda 24 seven to try and taint the jury pool. But I mean, wow! If he does not, if he is not indicted, there's no point to it. But that that would just be sending a signal. That Republicans can literally violate any law they want, up to including treason, sedition, insurrection, mm-hmm. and they will not be held accountable. And that would be that, that's literally my article this week. That would yeah. be absolutely it's fucking catastrophic.
0: Page a very good piece I, people listening I highly recommend if you haven't read Justin's piece this week I, I highly recommend it that yeah, yeah. kind of lays out the the stakes for you know if they do something and if they don't do something like mm-hmm. both are bad options but there there are it's kind of a moral imperative that they do something because like that's it's a cancer on on american society on american democracy and if it's mm-hmm. not cut out right now it's going to spread and that's going to be the end of American democracy. And that's not hyperbole. This is not like, you know, um, screeching, uh, liberal screeching. This is very, very serious. And this is, you have now uh, top conservative judges, Liz Cheney, like serious, hardcore conservative Republicans saying the same thing. You know, if, if um, I got to say again, credit to, Credit to the Republicans who are on board with this. Credit to Liz Cheney. I think Liz Cheney is—history go- will remember her well, you know, mm-hmm. the, because of this. You, you can all of the other horrible stuff that she votes on uh, and does uh, as a as a hardcore neocon, yes. But I think when it came to standing up for democracy and it came to standing up for the rule of law, yeah, she gets full credit on this.
2: Yeah. Um, just let me, hold on. Before we move on, um, just Greg Sargent did an interview – Greg Sargent from the uh, Washington Post did an interview with um, a historian, Rick Perlstein, and he said something – and I've been seeing more and more of this that people – like more and more journalists and articles have been talking about this. And this has been something I've been jumping up and down for years. So every time I see this, it's like I get a little tear in my eye because it's like, well, it's about fucking time people started talking about this openly and in very direct terms. So this is what Pearlstein said about the right... He's, he writes about the American right wing and its extremism and grifting, because, I mean, that's pretty much all the right wing is at this point and has been for the last 50 years at least. So what he wrote was, if you think this, this is about the right wing, if you think the stakes are whether civilization itself survives and that you're dealing with a cabal of shadowy enemies, of course you're licensed to use any means to stop them. If the stakes are racial replacement. The and the shadowy enemies are the Jews said to be controlling the replacement of whites. Then it's okay to kill Jews. It's okay to shoot up black churches. It's okay to shoot up a Walmart, and that's exactly what we're seeing. This is, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what the right, this is what Republicans have trained their base to see the world as, and that's been the result. And people are finally, finally starting to talk about this openly. That's how crazy these people are. Yeah, that's where we are now.
1: They know that in reaction to the disasters that they're manifesting, that American voters will lean toward the quote unquote daddy party for, for help, you know, despite what we know about the actual Republican party, they have, they're filled with cowards. They're filled with people who don't really want to do anything, uh, when it comes to guns and so on. Uh, certainly not anything with regard to racial violence and, 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 uh, anti-trans violence and all the rest but the the dumb shit perception that continues to survive even into this modern era is that uh well when we're in trouble we, we turn to the national security people the quote-unquote national security people and that's what's uh so erroneous there are so, so many things about american voters right now there was a uh A poll, Fox News poll, that showed people by one point. I mean, it was a tight uh, result, but by one point, people uh, believe that Republicans voters believe that Republicans will do more to preserve democracy than Democrats. Oh, good lord! Yeah,
2: I mean, it's a load. I mean, take take it with a grain of salt, but yeah, 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 are going to preserve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Well, guys, look. Let's move on uh, to the another other major news this week. Well, it's it's been major news for quite some time now that the economy is really not doing very well. The the um, inflation is is still rampant. Prices are going up everywhere. Gas prices are high. Uh, food prices are high. The federal, the Fed just got involved. Federal Reserve just got involved, and they're hiking interest rates, which um, obviously didn't. The stock market doesn't doesn't like that. There is now people are saying there's a there's, worried about a recession. I saw, um, the odds of a recession according to one statistical analysis was seventy two percent likelihood of a recession. This is not great news. Uh, Like. And I'm going just personally as well. This is I think everybody's infect, affected by inflation. You know, I've, I've um, mouths to feed and food prices are going up. You know, gas prices are going up. This affects absolutely everything, and 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 everybody. And this is having I think a very 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 bad effect on Biden's presidency. And and um, I don't think it's fair. Right, that Biden gets the blame for this. It just absolutely sucks that he has to, that he's inherited this god awful mess from the previous administration. Um, You know, that he's still in the midst of cleaning up. And there are events completely outside of his control that are contributing to these, to this perfect storm of, um, uh, you know, economic mayhem. And I don't know how. There's not much that Biden can do like about the economy, but you know he can tell the Fed to hike. You know he can say like, he, that's what he said. He basically said to the Fed, "It's like it's your job to, to fix this, to fix inflation. It's not mine. Go and do something about it." And they did, and they raised interest rates. Uh, so you know the hope of raising interest rates is that it calms down. If people stop spending money, right? It's cal- people stop spending money. It brings inflation down. Prices come down again. Uh, You you know, hopefully that that will do something. But it's painful. It's painful for everybody. And Republicans are jumping all over this and they're blaming Biden for absolutely everything. Um, And I think that, you know, look. There are obviously, you know, there are some things that that. Biden, the Biden White House are responsible for, and something, some things they are not responsible for. But I don't see this situation getting better anytime soon. And I don't know what the Biden White House can do about it. Uh, what do you guys, what, what's your take on it, guys? Do you think, like, you know, whose fault is this? Well, and, I think the Fed waited too long.
2: They yes. jumped, they jacked it up 0.75%, 0.75%, um, which is a huge jump and they waited too long to do it. They should have been they should have been bumping it up more gradually like 6 months ago. They should have started this. And I'm not like an economist like I I I don't know I can't speak with a huge authority, but I know they waited too long. And I don't know what they were waiting for that they decided that we could do 0.75% all at once as opposed to 0.25%, 0.25% they should have been gradually doing this a long time
0: ago. Yes. I mean, I mean, I think minutes. the reason why they did it, because they thought that, you know, the, a lot of the, a lot of uh, many economists thought that inflation was going to resolve itself. Right. Inflation, usually it, it peters out at some point as demand goes down. Um, inflation kind of resolves itself. But that hasn't happened. And that's due to, you know, there are other factors that are happening. You know, you got the gas price stuff, the, the war in Ukraine. Uh, the, this is part of the problem right the spiking gas prices when the gas prices go up it means that delivery costs get higher it means that food costs get higher like there there are many other things contributing to inflation uh, that, that contribute to inflation and i think the fed was wait was waiting because they thought that this was going to resolve itself and it hasn't and you know look like this puts biden the biden administration in a in a, an absolutely terrible spot and i think they're going to pay they're going to pay for this at the it, you know in the midterm the midterms is going to democrats are going to get hammered and it's because i don't what is it that the voters that i don't understand it's, it's so infuriating that they're not paying attention to any of this stuff right they just don't seem to be paying attention to 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 a, what the Biden administration has had to deal with, right? They've just, we've come out of a deadly pandemic. The Biden administration has, is basically responsible for pulling the country out of the pandemic. A Very, very aggressive vaccination campaign. Um, as You know, lots and lots and lots and lots of funds and, and and money to roll this out, testing. I give them a very high grade on on how they have dealt with the pandemic, which has then allowed the economy to kind of get back on track, people to go back to work, you You know, uh, they also passed massive investment, which is, um, you know, the job, the the, the job numbers are pretty good. Um, You know, there are apparently like Amazon can't, there aren't enough, they can't get enough people to fill the number of jobs that they have now. uh, Amazon, for example. So, I think the Biden administration can be credited for 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 lots of this stuff, but they they just don't get any credit for it. They don't get any credit for it ever. And but, you know yeah. they're also dealing with this, the whole January the sixth thing, right? They're dealing with a with a they just had a, an attempted coup on 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 American democracy, right? And the Biden administration also has to deal with trying to calm things down, to stop, um, you know, to cool the temperature down a little bit. And I think they're doing a good job on that. And I generally think Biden is doing a good job. Uh, and it's it's incredibly infuriating to see people blaming biden for this when it's just i I, in what way is he responsible for um you know if a country comes out of of a a, a pandemic a two-year-long pandemic that basically kind of destroyed the economy you're not going to get back to things aren't going to be hunky-dory straight away it takes a long time for for the you know the economy to resolve itself and also what were they supposed to do about about russia about the Russian invasion of Ukraine and spiking gas prices. This has got nothing to do with the U.S. It's got nothing to do with, the Biden, well, with Joe it's, Biden. It's
2: more than that. It's not like Republicans are offering anything right. in, in response. like I mean they literally said they don't have a plan. They won't tell you their plan until after, elect, until after you elect them because if they give you a plan, well, then that leaves them open to – questions about their plan. So they've literally said, we're just not going to tell you. You have to elect us and find out, which is astonishing that they can get away with that and not be just like routinely ripped apart by the uh, by the press every second of every day. Like if the Democrats tried that, they would just be flamed to a crisp all the time. They would not be allowed to get away with that by the press. But when it's a Republican, the press is like, oh, well, you know, it's Republicans. They can do that. And the, the public accepts it. Right, and it would be unacceptable for for Democrats to do that. But and people are going to vote on that. It's like, well, you know, Republicans give Republicans a try. What are they going to do? They're just going to try to impeach Obama Biden. They're going to try to impeach Biden. That's what they're going to do. That's all they're going to do if they take control of the House and the Senate. They will do literally right. nothing else. They won't even try to fix any of the problems. They won't offer any solutions whatsoever. And we all know that, including the people that are going to vote for them. But they just want to shake things up. We tried that already. It was called the Trump administration, and what did that get us?
0: Yeah, a total total catastrophe. And I so think let's you know do that again. How the, the I mean the midterms? Like, how bad do you think it's going to be? Uh, you know, I I I think the Democrats are going to be lucky if they hold on to the Senate. Uh, I think the House is lost. Personally, I don't know, Bob. You're more optimistic about it than I am. Has that changed recently? Um,
1: No, I'm still looking at Well, here's here's where I am with uh, the congressional election right now. And I think we need to pay more attention to the state and local elections, especially the state legislature elections, because that's where all the shitty laws are being passed. There's nothing really happening in Congress that uh, 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 that we can necessarily do anything about because of the Senate. But the great irony of that is that American voters in their shitty, stupid wisdom, uh, are probably going to punish House Democrats, even though House Democrats have delivered literally everything that Democrats have been asking for for the past two years, mm. and including impeaching Donald Trump twice, uh, once during the previous Congress and the second time during this Congress. So it, it, that's pretty amazing. It's an amazing track record, yet uh, the House Democrats are going to lose a shitload of seats. A- and conversely, the United States Senate the Democrats could actually end up expanding their majority in the Senate, even though the Senate has been the roadblock to everything. So that's a, a gigantic irony. I just want to go real real quick back to the story about inflation and recession. There's probably going to be a recession. Now, because of the Great Recession in 2007, 2008, 2009, because of that, We're under this impression that, well, when we hear the word recession, it's going to be an economic calamity. It's going to be a meltdown. From the forecasts I've been reading, if there is a recession, and not everyone's saying there is, uh, if there is a recession that's two quarters of negative growth with the GDP, it's probably going to be a shallow recession, one that we may not necessarily notice other than prices starting to come down. So there could end up being a benefit to it, even though you, know, you don't want to say the R word politically. <laughs> it's going to right. be there. It's go, the damage is going to happen politically to the Democrats if they're in charge when the recession happens. Uh, but in terms of the economy, in terms of personal finances, it's not going to be the catastrophe it was last time. It better fucking not be <laughs> as someone who was uh, crushed in the last one. I'm yeah. certainly not uh I'm not going to sit here and forecast uh, another thing like that. I don't think that's going to happen. But mm. uh, economic conditions generally speaking are pretty fucking strong right now. Yes, yeah, so other it's, than
0: inflation. Yeah, it's yeah, true.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could absolutely <clears throat> use the housing market to to soften a little bit because that's yeah. driving a lot of problems right now. I think rents are going through the roof because of the housing market right. at this point, and that's causing a lot of pain financially on top of uh, inflation in the grocery stores, inflation at the gas pump, and so on. Uh, so this could end up working out well for 24, um, but maybe not so well for the coming up midterms. So we're just going to have to wait and yeah. see in terms of when this actually goes down. People are saying third quarter this year. I don't know. I don't know. It's all speculatory,
0: but usually when there's this,
1: usually when there's these economic conditions, a recession Mm. usually follows and then things are okay after that recession.
0: Yes, I, I hope you're right, and I th- I thank you, Bob, for that slightly sunnier take on things. <laughs> uh, I like, you know what I mean? I, need, I need to hear that. Um, but i it, got just just a quick point about the. It's quite interesting hearing kind of your everyday voter talking about uh, house prices, and then um, talking about uh, inflation. And then, you know, so when the when they raise interest rates, first of all, you hear people saying, um, you know, house prices are crazy. This is crazy. Like, how are we going to afford a house? The prices are going too fast, blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, they're going to raise interest rates, and that will curb the demand for housing. The housing market goes down. And they go, yeah, but, you know, house prices are going down. We've got to blame Democrats for this because, like, you know, my house is now worth less than it was before. It's like, what? which one do you want?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: What do you want? Do you want lower house prices or higher house prices? Like, which you can't have both, right? (laughs) You know what I mean. And I feel like, you know, I feel like a lot of kind of voters want both, right? They want, they want uh, 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 all of their assets to be. They want to be able to.
2: Yeah, they want to be able to buy cheap houses and sell it for a lot of money. And it's like, yes. that's not how yes. it works.
0: Yes, ex- ex- exactly, exactly. But anyhow, so look, um, m- moving on, uh, just to, <laughs> wanted to highlight a couple of stories this week about uh, Lauren Bobert and Herschel Walker. These are two of my favorite MAGA, MAGA nutjobs. Uh, so, <laughs> so Herschel Walker, who is um, uh, Trump's, Trump's very good buddy. Has uh, it's it, it, so the Daily Beast broke the news this week that Herschel Walker has a secret ten-year-old son he fathered out of wedlock, and uh, then he the, the the former football star turned politician then said this according to the Daily Beast confirmed like Wednesday night that he has yet another son with a different woman that the public doesn't know about, as well as a daughter that he had in college. Right. So this is a guy who, um, uh, who rails against particularly african-american men um uh about being absent fathers right uh so this guy has got three kids undisclosed children that apparently he he uh doesn't (laughs) he doesn't have much to do with right um that's
2: that's amazing
0: (laughs) right it's (laughs) You've got, you've got, it just knows absolutely like no limits to the, to the hypocrisy of these people. So look, there's another story about, um, nut job, MAGA, lunatic, gun, insane, Christian, evangelical person, uh, so so there's a whole thing about um the the lauren boba right and uh uh th- there was a story that broke this week about she may have worked as an escort and had several abortions right and it was a uh, american muckrakers it was a PAC co-founded by a, a democrat and former north carolina Senate, state senator candidate david wheeler uh, they published the allegations um uh, claiming that Bobert had previously worked as an escort on a sugar daddy website and underwent at least two abortions, one of which was related to her supposed sugar baby work. So it doesn't, we don't know whether the story is true or not. We have no idea. Um, I don't want to, I want to just make it clear that I'm not saying that this story is true. Um, but it could be right. It could be. And I think that again, like this, this is sort of the, the in the MAGA world, right that this, this kind of behavior from people like Lauren Boba, if true, and Herschel Walker, which that story we do know is true, it's sort of emblematic of the MAGA right, right? That that they um, do as I say and not as I do. That Trump, that's, people like Trump are, they're, they're viewed as being kind of emissaries of God, like literally sent by God to come and clean America up, right? While this guy has like been accused of sexual assault by, you know, 19 women, you um, you know, he's basically ripped off uh, and stolen from uh, all the people that he's worked with over the years. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, attempted a coup on the United States government, is engaged in more criminal activity than any president in history. And yet, he's still seen as being this kind of virtuous, uh, you know, because he holds a Bible up, or he says he believes in God, or we invite some crazy evangelical pastor to come and do prayer meetings with him in the White House. But um, really, it's because he makes libs cry,
2: and that's yeah, really exactly. what it
0: is. Exactly, and that's and that's what it is about. People like Herschel Walker and Norman Boba is that that's what they do. They make the libs cry. Right, and they have um, uh, Justin. You, 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 there was a story you were telling me about yeah, Lauren Boebert.
2: So, so when, when when we were talking about this in the pre-show, Ben said, "Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about the crazy thing with Lauren Bobert," and I was like, "Oh, you mean the thing with her with her kid in the the ATV?" He had no idea what I'm talking about, and I had no idea what he. I thought the thing he was talking about wasn't even real. I thought that was a fake thing I saw online. So there's two crazy stories about this psycho. So it turns out, two, and again, this is not verified. But this one seems to be more true than the, um, than the Escort one. In 2020, she was off-roading in an ATV with her sister-in-law, her seven-year-old son, and her dog. And she lost control of the ATV and she bailed out and left her sister-in-law, her seven-year-old, and her dog and just let it crash. Now the kid and the dog were fine. They were in the back seat, buckled in, I guess, um, and they they were fine. But her sister-in-law got real fucked up. Like she smacked right into the, basically the a cliffside, and she got real banged up. And she's still kind of injured. Like you know, she's she's fine, but she's still suffering from the after effects of this. And you know, she kept it quiet because she was trying to get Bober was trying to get elected. But the fact that she bailed on her seven-year-old. When this is a woman who goes out there, it's like you know, I'm all about the family, and I'm all about Jesus and the family, blah blah blah. It's like what kind of what kind of mother bails on her seven year old and lets them crash? I, I I can't even comprehend the mindset behind that, and then keeps it quiet to you know because for their political career, that is just astonishing to me. Now that's not that's not verified, verified, but. It's out there now, and that's that's going to be verified because the police are starting to look into it because, you know, you, that's a crime. You can't just do that sort of thing and cover it up. People got injured. So we'll hear more about that one, I'm sure. But anyway, you were saying.
0: Yeah, um, amazing. I mean, look, again, I want to make clear to everybody listening that, that, that a lot of these rumors about Boba are uh, thus far th- that there's no evidence. that There's not a lot of corroborating evidence. Um, But having said that, having said that, um, given the kind of people, given the kind of Trump lunatic, right, it's kind of, you know, when you hear like a rumor about Donald Trump and like the pee tape, right, you know, about Donald Trump, did he pee on prostitutes uh, in in a hotel in Russia? And I'm not going to say he did. I'm not going to say he did. But I'm not going to say that he didn't either.
2: There's nothing about him that would suggest he wouldn't.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I, get, I guess that, that's the point I wanted to, 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 to make, right? There's nothing, And the same with Lauren Bober, who is insane. And then I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's nothing. Those rumors sounds bad. Sound, don't know if it's true, but I'm not going to categorically say that's false. So anyway, that's me being trying to be careful with my language there about, yeah. about <laughs> uh, how we talk about this story.
1: The real question um, is whether or not this is going to have any effect on them electorally. No, and I don't. Won't. I don't see that it will, unless there's video. The thing that separates the Boebert allegations from the Cawthorn allegations, and, and mind you, they're coming from the same source. They're coming from that's the SPAC. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing with Cawthorn is there was video. Uh, we don't have video with Lauren Boebert. I think, though, as far as convincing, you know. Uh, on the fence, Democrats or on the fence, independents about voting against Lauren Bobert and Herschel Walker. I think the argument is basically that, uh, yeah. in the case of Lauren Bobert, there are so many other things. I mean, what didn't her husband expose himself to a child at a bowling alley or something like that? Isn't there a story along yeah. those uh, lines? I mean, yeah,
2: seven. They were sixteen and seventeen year old, and yeah, he just whipped yeah. it out.
1: I mean, this is all yeah. with with Herschel Walker too. It's kind of uh, silly season allegations because now in 2022, you know, out of wedlock affairs and, uh, you know, children out of all that shit. It's, it's not, I mean, maybe in the nineties or eighties, that would have been a, a scandal, but a not thing, yeah. now. nothing. I mean, as far as this current Republican party, as long as they're trolling Democrats, people are happy. Uh, anything you know, goes if, if there's video salacious video like madison cawthorn okay there's an exception but the always be trolling a b t that <laughs> that acronym as long as that's happening they're safe with their base the base will still come out for them
0: yes of, of course you know and i think that's the, the the point about the bobert thing is that um you know it, it, i i To me, the main point about that story is that it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't think her fans would care one way or the other if it was true, right?
2: One would like to think that her putting her own child in danger would matter to her base. But they're a death cult, so I don't know if it would.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I genuinely I think it's um you know anyhow, but I thought those two stories this week were were, were quite quite interesting and again illustrative of how um just the, the 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 white the weird kind of bizarro world that Republicans now live in the MAGA world now lives in where everything that was once true about the GOP is now the the, the complete opposite. Um, You know, we'll see. We're going to see whether the Bobert stories are true. I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying they aren't. Um, Anyway, moving on to our both sides, uh, both sides segment, where we highlight Republican insanity, uh, acts of pure craziness. so my my, uh, my one this week is I've got uh, <laughs> Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene who tweeted out this week. She said, I'm introducing a bill to make it illegal for children to be exposed to drag queen performances.
1: Uh. Yeah, the guns are fine. <laughs> the, the drag queens, we got to do something about that. Yes, yes.
0: Right. I just want to... This is where the GOP is focused. This is where the MAGA nut jobs are focused now. They're focused on kids being exposed to drag queens and a drag queen, like you know. Has anybody seen the movie Miss Doubtfire? I mean, you know what yeah. I mean. Like,
2: did Didn't? Did did Repo- don't Republicans say that parents should have the choice? About who, what their parent, uh, what their kids should see, isn't that the whole point of their assault on schools? That you know, it's parents' choice, and now they're saying they're going to pass a bill saying parents don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, that's right. a good point. Yeah,
2: yeah. how do, how
1: does that work exactly? <laughs> well, you know, with the this drag queen business, there's also a law being proposed in Florida uh, along these lines, uh, which is insane. Um, given some of the uh, sections of Miami that have drag shows and and so on, famously. Um, The big picture, though, is something we need to bear in mind, which is that the Republicans are going after LGBTQ people now. They're trying to roll back all the advancements that have been made. This isn't just an isolated attack against... uh, trans people in bathrooms or drag queens or uh some of the don't say gay laws that we're seeing this is a much bigger effort to now that we've got abortion in the can now that we've got that solved let's move now to this other thing that's deteriorating american society you know the Mm. 50s utopia that we were promised and that's gay people so uh bear in mind that the end game for all of this is to reverse some of the decisions. Obergefell, uh, for example, and
2: Lawrence and Lawrence. Yep. They'll go after that one too. Mm-hmm. That's the one so, that made, uh, so that made, um, uh, what was it? Um, oh my God. Lawrence was, uh, anal sex.
1: Yes. Right
2: that made that legal because before they they could make a criminal and they're going after, they're going to try to make a criminal again Mm -hmm. because that's what they do.
1: And there will be laws and the laws will be established so that what you're thinking to yourself, well, how are they going to patrol what I do in the privacy of my own bedroom? Well, it's going to be now where neighbors are going to be ratting on neighbors. uh, The whole bounty hunter thing that we're seeing with uh, abort new abortion laws. That's going to be the case with, uh, you know, when they start going after uh, LGBTQ, uh, it's, yeah. you know, citizens you, turning in other citizens, basically.
0: I think you can, you can all, you can all, and I think the thing about like people like Marjorie Taylor green is that, that she just says out loud, what's kind of happening, you know, what, where, where this is going, like you can kind of, that, that, that's sort of, uh, the weather vein, you know what I mean? You can, you can see what's, what's going on, where this is all going by looking at her Twitter account, uh, you know, so that was my choice for this week. And it, uh, again, I think it just shows you that, you know, do we like, while liberals are trying to stop um, children being slaughtered in school by AR 15s, um, this is what the Republicans, Republican Party are doing. They're trying to ban drag queen performances for uh, children. Anyway, um, uh, Justin, who, who's your pick this week? All right.
2: So I have the. Um... The Republican-led commission of rural Otero County in New Mexico—they um, just had a primary, um, and the count, the commission decided to not certify the results because reasons. And when I say reasons, that's exactly what I mean. They don't actually have a reason. None, as far as I know, none of the candidates are complaining about the vote tallies, right? So there's no no none of the counts are saying oh no there's something wrong you have to check it blah blah none of that's going on they just decided we're not going to um, certify the results and this is a this is um this is a county where Trump won 62 percent of the vote right so this is Trump territory so it wasn't like Biden won there and there's some suspicion about what no he won and they're still doing this okay and the reason they're doing this is that they're testing the waters to see if they can get away with it. And even if they don't, they're normalizing it. So when multiple states do it in November, people won't be particularly surprised. That way, when they do it in massive numbers in 2024, the public's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, they've been doing this for years now. And that's – I mean this is this is their strategy, and they're starting. They're starting it now. They've been telling us that's what they're going to do, and now they're starting it. They're being sued and even if the judge tells them you have to do it, the question is whether or not they'll actually do it. And even if they decide, oh yeah, 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 fine, we'll do it, they're still normalizing the behavior. And that's where we are now. That's this is something that the right is openly and explicitly doing, and you do not see on the left. So ta da, here we are. They've been telling they've been telling us out loud we're going to do this, and now they're doing it.
0: Jeez. Wow. So that's Um, exciting. That's exciting. Good news. (laughs) Um, Bob, Uh, who you got this week?
1: Steve Bannon confirming some of my fears. I've been saying for uh, some time now that the whole drive for this uh, red hat movement, this pro-Trump Republican movement, is to uh, win majorities, win posts of power, presidency, governors, etc and then to shut the door behind them to make sure that they will never ever lose and that is some of these big lie laws that we're seeing uh, in the wake of the 2020 election built off of Donald Trump's obvious lies we forget that so many of the lies that have been passed since the 2020 or so many of the laws that have been passed since the 2020 election lies too, I guess, uh, are all based on Donald Trump's lying about the results. So that shows you the level of veracity, all these lies that we're hearing exposed in the one, six committee, uh, proceedings, (laughs) this is all the basis for actual past, uh, Republican legislation, uh, that is peeling back democracy and making it easier for Republicans to retain power once they win. If a Republican wins in 2024, that Republican president will probably not leave if he or she loses in 2028 or whatever. And for that matter, if the Republican candidate in 2024 loses that election— then there are some state legislatures that will throw out the electoral votes uh, from those states. So that's, that's the precipice that we're dangling on right now uh, as a democracy. And so Steve Bannon, along those lines, said that, uh, this is a direct quote, we will govern for 100 years after we win 100 seats. And that's when he was asked if he supports autocratic-type MAGA rule." And uh, yeah, it's Steve Bannon, that's for sure. He's probably going to prison for contempt. We know that, but that doesn't make him any uh, less uh, uh, wired into this entire thing, wired into the strategy of it all. So the difference there, the reason why this is in the both sides category on the show is because Democrats seem to be almost to a fault interested in getting everyone to vote (laughs) and Republicans don't want everyone to vote. They never have wanted everyone to vote. They want the fewest number of voters because when people don't vote, they end up Republicans end up winning elections. So that is a, a, a big difference there. And now Republicans are going so far as to, uh, and this has been happening with voter ID for many years, voter suppression, all in the wake of the civil rights and voting rights acts. Uh, they've been making it more difficult to vote. Now they're going full on autocracy where they don't want to, once they win, they don't want to leave. They don't want to give up their power. And that's what Steve Bannon is talking about here.
0: Christ. I, I look forward to the upcoming election um, in 2023 when the media works overtime to pretend this is all, just
1: normal
2: Um, it's perfectly normal Two regular normal political parties vying for an election the
1: the upsetting thing about it guys is American voters too many dumb shits are casting ballots this year based on the wrong thing based on these short-term needs these temporary glitches in the economy inflation gas prices consumer spending These are all things that are going to fix themselves, and no amount of Republicans in Congress or state legislatures are ever going to reverse that. Ask one of these people who's bitching about inflation, ask them, what what can a Republican Congress do about inflation? What can a Republican president do about inflation? Please tell me, please define your reasoning on this. They won't be able to answer your question because the answer is nothing. There is nothing they can do. I mean, Joe Biden's making an effort to do something, but it's all just nibbling around the edges. These are market forces at play here. These are uh, boards of directors and CEOs, uh, international uh, multinational corporations deciding, okay, we're going to jack up prices because of pandemic and gas and so on. And uh, it's going to be great because everyone's going to blame Joe Biden for everyone's going to blame politics It's just become a a political shovel fight. And we'll be able to be over here doing our thing with impunity. And uh, that's the cynical CEO mindset that uh, we deal with so often in this country. But that's that's exactly what's happening now. So that's the tragedy where millions of people are going to turn out to vote based on the wrong shit, based on stuff that you know, may have been a motivation to vote 20 years ago, 30 years ago. But these days, the priorities have to be vastly different than what they are. And I don't see those priorities changing, uh, at least in any significant way. Well,
2: it'll be it'll be interesting to see what those people say in 20 years when Republicans haven't let Democrats uh, hold elected office for a decade plus, you know, and then nothing's gotten any better. Everything keeps getting worse. And it's like, hey. Now that only Republicans are in charge this whole time, what do you think about your uh, vote? And they'll just be like, uh, "Shut up." Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I don't pay attention to politics. I don't have time for that. That that'll be their answer. Polit- uh, 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 politics are boring. I, I don't care about politics.
0: Well, look. On that note, guys, we're going to go into the members section now. We're going to be talking about. Um, Primarily, we're going to be talking about Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and her this the news this week that she's that she wasn't going she wasn't going to commit to endorsing Joe Biden for 2024 and why that is a problem. Um, and yeah, it's I think that it's, yeah. So look, we're going to talk about that. I I have mixed feelings on AOC. Um, we'll talk about that. I'll I'll kind of explain why I picked this topic for for the members only podcast Uh, guys thank you so much Um, everybody listening we really appreciate it Um, thanks for tuning in every week the podcast is growing uh, on a a, literally on a weekly basis so um, it's glad that it's taking off in the way that it has been Uh, If you want to um, subscribe and listen to our members-only content, you can do so. You can get a two-month free trial, and you can listen to all of our members-only podcasts, our Locked Archive, and our Letters to the Editor feature. We did a huge Letters to the Editor feature this week where there's lots of back-and-forth um, with banter readers, uh, some of it, some of it positive, some of it not so much. So and you get to read all, all the juicy gossip on, on behind the scenes gossip on the website there and also our premium articles. So, um, yeah, please join us. And um, thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. All right. See you guys later.